In a world where new streaming releases come out faster than you can watch them, two heroes will emerge to watch as much content as humanly possible. Together, they'll help you decide what's worth watching and what's cluttering up your queue. Tune in as Adair and Skyler begin Gallantly Streaming. A program that follows a couple who must navigate the exhilarations and humiliations of intimacy, commitment, and other things they are hoping to avoid. Today on Gallantly Streaming, we're reviewing Love. So it's over now. It's over now. Love is over now. Yeah, three seasons, three in and out. You know, I'm glad it ended. It needed, it, 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 I think it, I think it had a pretty good beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a comedy in length only. They have the comedic episode <laughs> they length. They got the comedic 25 to 32 minutes. Right, which, I mean, with streaming, they definitely abuse a bit by making episodes that are a little longer. But it's uh, it's not a comedy, I don't think. I definitely didn't feel like the second season particularly was a comedy, and I didn't think that the beginning of the first season or the third season was a comedy. I mean, things I start like working first, out for them. Yeah. I felt like the first season was fairly comedic. Second season was hard, and third season started off hard and kind of ended up fitting. I mean, even the moments that work and like where the things aren't just like super hard. The underlying tones and themes and character, like, backgrounds are just so dark. I mean, but that's... The thing is, what I love about this show is you can be in love and you can have the best intentions and want it to work and still struggle sometimes. Like, I feel like we can understand this because... Love is, it's, it's challenging, but it can also be hilarious. And there are these beautiful moments and these wonderful instances and these stories, but also it can be incredibly complicated. Right. I don't want to take anything away from the show. I think no. it's, it's a great show. It's, it tells like this beautiful story and I really. Which I, only I, takes place over like seven or eight months. It's very quick. Which it's crazy because it's three years of investment at this point that it's now over, but... Right. And it's interesting because at the end of it, I I really don't like Paul Russ's character. You're not, I don't think you're supposed to. Yeah, he's... Uh, he's. Except for his name. His name is one of the best names I've ever seen in the character. Gus Crookshanks. It, it does feel like a TV show character. Crookshanks. From South Dakota. Like... Yeah. It's... Well, the thing is, like, I mean, you've got a cat from Harry Potter, and you've got my brother's name, and you've got a state that one of my very close friends is from, so I feel I relate to all elements of that. It's all very much tailored for you. I mean, that is, that's, Judd Apatow called me up, he was like, ring, 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 you're me. Ring, ring, ring. <clears throat> uh, he- hello? Oh, Adair, did I wake you? It's Judd Apatow. Yeah, uh, yeah, I just, it's like... 3.30 in the morning. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't sleep. I, I have a character. His name's Gus Crookshank. He's from South Dakota. Do you feel like you'd relate to him? Can I, like, call you back or something? No, like I need I... a yes or no. Now. 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 I gotta be a... I, I'm doing the Disaster Artist cameo, like, in a second. Oh, no, wait. Like, years later. 
We don't know when they shot Disaster Artist. They could have shot Disaster Artist I mean, in, like, yeah. 2014. Uh, but, yeah. So, and that's how it ended. And I said, okay. And I, I like to think that Judd Apatow had very little to do with this movie. Or with this TV it's show. It's a TV show. I think he produced it, but I don't feel like he was that hands-on. I feel like this was a Paul Russ and his wife jam. I did love that. I mean, I love creative teams that are married couples. I mean, I loved The Big Sick. Yeah. And it's interesting because, they're like, Paul is... I think creative figure. teams that are couples are successful. Yeah, and I think that uh, it's interesting, Paul Rust, because he's not your traditional Hollywood handsome. No, I love him, though. I've loved him since I saw him on that episode of Parks and Rec where Ben just got all those job offers. Yeah. he. I, I loved him in that. And, I mean, you introduced me to his band, which was... Yeah, a Don't treat. Stop or We'll Die, which is a great band. Guys, this is our recommendation for you. Check them out. It's very good music. You're not going to get any more, so. Oh, they're, they're actually, they're Do not they making still... new music, but they're doing performance. He, he performs now with just him and Michael Cassidy, the pianist. Oh. But they did lose their bassist. Um, the the great Harris Whittles. Harris Whittles, yes. Oh, sorry, not their bassist. He was I, he, drummer. I was about to say, he's drummer. Paul does bass. Um, he's slapping the bass. Right. The, I do like. I do bass. feel like a big part of Gus's group of friends where they do the covers. Uh huh. That's all I feel real. like. I feel like that's really him, and I and I love that there are elements that do really feel like they were just brought in from their life. Yeah, that was very authentic. Great. Like all those guys, Michael Cassidy's in there. It's him, Mike Mitchell, who's like a real life one of his friends, but he plays and real life one of your friends too. Yeah, I know Mike. He's a good guy. Um, he wasn't able to join us for the pod, but yeah, he he sucks. No, um, he's busy. He's busy, and that's totally fine. Yeah, he's... Maybe he can come and give us his opinion on something else at a later date that has nothing to do with him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would love to do Birthday Boys someday. I know it's not new, but it is streaming I mean, on Netflix. I mean, yeah, let's do Birthday Boys and see if he wants to come on. We yeah, people that. should watch Birthday Boys. Before. Yeah, if you haven't, watch Birthday Boys. Skylar introduced me to it, and I've never resented him once for it. It's two seasons. It's all fantastic. It's a high bar, guys. Um... But yeah, I, they, the whole cast, they are real-life friends. Like, pretty much everyone who he hangs out with are people from his real-life friend group. They're part of this, like, alt-comedy scene in L.A. where they all met at uh, Upright and then have become pretty successful, like, middling levels of success. They're on Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. So they're doing okay. A lot of them were actually Comedy Bang Bang writers, Paul being one of those. Then Paul got to work as a writer on season four of Arrested. And then he got this project. Development. Project. Yeah, Arrested Development. And if if you're living under a rock, Arrested Development. We're going to talk about the the fi- the last two seasons of Arrested Development in a later pod. Way to tease. I'm a tease. Um, and then they, yeah, so he went from that to, he got love. And it kind of came out like, I mean, I don't feel like they pushed it that hard. It's no. kind of a hard show to push in a lot of ways just because... There's not a lot of star power. Like I think you they, have they went Gillian. Towards, they went towards the community crowd. Yeah, you, you have Gillian. But, I mean, it, I feel like most community fans would not like this show. It's like if you're writing... I mean, when you're writing on the coattails of Gillian Jacobs' fame, I feel like that's probably not... I'm not saying she's that's not, not gonna famous. That's not going to get you a number that's one. Not, but that's not going to get you a lot of viewers. I mean, she's a niche... She has a niche audience. Yes. And, I mean, you have, like, Bobby Lee's in it. You have a bunch of people I who are, like, Bobby very Lee. niche. Oh, what's the... Oh, God, what's his name? On Comedy Bang Bang a lot plays the the psychologist. Oh, um... Oh, shit. Brett Gelman. Brett Gelman. I love Brett Gelman. I Dinner love him. Dinner in America with Brett Gelman. I love him. And, I, yeah, you introduced me to his his 
what adult fun, swim specials. The adult swims. I wanted to say funnier day, but they're adults. So they're bizarre as fuck, but I love them. But he is great on Comedy Bang Bang, too. But his character just... I mean, he goes through this crazy, like, downfall through three seasons. And I... I mm-hmm. love it. And I I feel like second season's probably my least favorite. Then so I'd say it goes probably for me third season, first season, second season for me. Yeah, I love season three. It's I think it's the best season by far. I think it, it really surpasses season one. And season two was fine, but like season two was just kinda of there to get you to season three. Mm-hmm. But season three really introduced us and gave us a lot of, I think, what we wanted, which was Birdie. I was about to say, that Birdie Pocket episode for her birthday was so wonderful. It's one of the sweetest episodes of television. And it's- it is honestly what I feel like you need to come in. Like, that's what people who are invested in love, I think that's what they want, is this idea of these people that are very different, but creating a life yeah. in the same space. and But that also, there's sort of a lot of odds against them, but there's still optimism. And I love where her character went this season. I kind of got a little bummed out by her character last season. I felt like she kind of had just settled into this idea of like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be with Randy, but was not happy. And that was best personified for me in the first episode of the season, which was, guys, just power through the first episode because it is painful in my opinion it's the most awkward thing just and i mean kudos though to your friend because he i feel like carried that and made and he had such an earnestness to to his to playing randy because you kind of have to be like if it was anything other than this just adorable naivete i don't think it would have it would have worked. I think if he was like even a remotely douchey or oblivious to the situation, but he's just like, he's doing the best he can. He's the Eeyore of this friend group in a lot of ways. And everything he does fails. And but he's trying. Yeah, but he's trying. And like, I honestly feel like he has a really redeeming moment in the season, in the series finale where he basically just like says he wants everyone to be happy. And he could really have... He like, a bad time to do it. Oh, he but... should picked a horrible time, but that's Randy. Like, it would not have been Randy if he hadn't have picked a horrible time. He picked a horrible time to say a, a very sweet thing, but the fact is, things don't go his way. But it's funny, because everyone's really trying to encourage him. They're like, Randy, you should be a chef. Randy, you should do this. And he's like, yeah, like, I could do that. But Because he seems like he's his own he worst critic. He could be critic. a great chef. He could be. He eats enough. and Oh, he can prepare food, too. Maybe not on a good schedule. Well, no, no, God, his, those, the schedule. Those people are such douche. Oh yeah, his her douchey friends were mm. where they were like, she's actually kind of an asshole. Why would you want to be friends with her? But yeah, so I also have to say, though I'm not a huge fan of nepotism in anything, I I like Iris Apatow in this series, and I love the B storyline of the Wichita set and how they had to change things to appeal and like all of that. Wait, that's Joe Apatow's daughter. How did you not know that? It looks exactly like his wife. She looks exactly like Leslie Mann. Yeah, she does look like Leslie Mann. Um, and I no, that, I've even yeah, seen her so, in and, uh, I mean, and, 40. Yeah, uh, uh, this, this is 40. 40 and and uh, Knocked Up. But, she's, but I mean, she looks so much like her sister too. But So Iris Apatow, I feel like is this... I, I feel like she is this very impressive power and she has some great moments in this. I felt like she was underutilized. There, there were a few episodes I liked her in season two with because she sees 
Gus as this ally in a lot of ways, but she also makes terrible fun of him. But I feel like she had a really interesting role in her, as a child actor, and I like her and Gus's dynamic, and especially as Gus in the start of the season is really just failing. Like, he just... No one likes him, and he's just doing things, but it's just... It's falling flat, whereas... Gillian's character is Mickey is just doing things and succeeding and it's just it is very it is a very interesting dynamic comparison was what I was going with juxtaposition is great juxtaposition but I do feel like Iris made it more humorous because I think Gus is sort of on his own or with his family is relatively painful Mm -hmm. Uh, I did like going into that that episode I feel like Gus grew a lot Mm -hmm. and I feel like he became less frustrating so that was nice but yeah that's that's my feeling on it yeah i mean i liked what they gave her in season three they gave iris a chance to have people her age on set so it wasn't just a dynamic between her and gus but she got to interact with like other child actors yeah which i thought was really cool but they were like dicks to her oh yeah but i mean it kind of she had all this power in seasons one and two and like even power over her mom power over her dad played by david spade oddly yeah and so, like, it was kind of just, she ruled the world. But then in season three, a lot of that power was taken away. Even though she had this big picture coming up that was going to be huge. Like, she just, she wasn't nearly as confident as she used to. She was having boy Liberty, issues. Liberty Down or something. Yeah, sounds good. I did it, love how she real. utilized her pain, though, and ended up killing the guy that broke her heart. That was a good scene. So good. She's but, such uh, a fucking badass. But, no, I mean, I, th- I thought season three just gave us a lot of cool new ways of seeing characters. And, like, mm-hmm. with the Birdie bottle episode, I mean, we actually had two Birdie episodes, really, with, uh, is his name Chris? What's his name? I want to say his name's Chris, yeah. He's this hopeful stud actor who is... Yeah, it's Chris. Played by Chris. Yeah, I mean, everybody kind of just plays versions of themselves. He's a comedian who is trying to make it in Hollywood, same deal as, like, all those other guys. Well, and... But he wants to be a stuntman. In the show, yeah. Yes. And he, what did, what was he in? He was, he was re- in Arrested he Development. Was in, he was in the most recent episode of Arrested Season Development five, that we watched. Episode 5. He's, yeah, he's a scuba, he's a scuba instructor. instructor. Yeah, so, and it was I mean, very exciting for us. He also apparently plays Alexander Hamilton in an episode of Drunk History. Probably the one with uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. No, because because uh, maybe from Arrested Development plays Alexander Hamilton in that episode <laughs> against Aubrey against Aubrey Plaza's Aaron Burr. Sir, that's right. Um, but yeah, I, I really I like those Chris Birdie episodes a lot. Like. Because, I mean, for me, I cringe a lot of the times when Gus is talking. I don't know what it is, but when he speaks, I'm just like, ugh. Like, it's hard. Especially him and and Gillian have a lot of fights in season three, and it's hard. And, I mean, they have a lot of fights in seasons two and one, too. But season three, it's just like, there's so much good happening that when they do shut down and start fighting, it's hard to watch. And so, like, when you have these Birdie episodes, and, like, it's not like Birdie's life's going perfectly. The birthday episode's a great example of, like, how... She thought leaving Australia and coming to the U.S. would be, like, this perfect situation, but it's, like, really not been that at all, and all these difficulties she's facing. Like, the good that's come from that is somewhat, but, like, really it's been mostly crappy for her. And so it's cool to kind of, like, have her introduced to this new guy, Chris. Well, she makes a whole point of, I left Australia saying I had a job because I wanted to end this relationship, and then she basically ended up in a relationship she didn't want to be in. Right. And feeling stuck She just stuck transferred again. In, from Australia to L.A. in the same situation. Yeah. And so, like, she meets this Chris. I mean, she knew him, Well, but they knew each other, yeah. She made a Facebook post about her birthday, or he made a post on her, her Facebook wall about, like, coming to get free cake at the restaurant he worked at. 
And he is the most genuine little sweetheart there is in the whole world. And it's so sweet seeing him against the LA, the people oh, yeah. that the are people so... The people he works with. The every... people who are so desensitized to optimism, it seems. Yeah, but he's just like the little sweetest little sweetheart Like, ever. you can't break... Like, both of them, they're kind of like the little engine that could... Right. And she's work. like almost had some of it worn away by Randy and her whole situation with her roommate. Like She's frustrated. She came to America, I think, with a very Chris-like outlook, but she's lost some of that, but Chris hasn't. And he's he like, gives that to her. Yeah, which and is so lovely. they go to this wrestling event, and it's just like the cutest thing ever. I know. I think oh. this is my favorite episode of all of love. Can right. We- it's funny because it's not Paul Russ, and it's not Gillian Jacobs. It's like this character who we've known very little of, and then probably like the third or fourth biggest character, Gilly's roommate. I'd say fourth, yeah. And it's so good. It's just like the best. And like Birdie is just like uh, they're both so. What's the word? Like, they're just good. They're earnest. They're little sweeties. They're little sweeties. And you just... I love it. And I love them together. And, like, I'm so glad we got season three and we got to see them. And I love the way they... They had, like, this little arc within the... Kind of... I felt season three was a crescendo that was building up and building up. And, like, things were getting better. And we saw things going great for Gillian. And things started getting better and better for Paul. And it was really great seeing that build. And, like... And then they just decided they were at a point that they're like, hey... I have no interest in leaving this relationship. And they're like, hey, let's elope at Catalina Island. Yeah, Catalina Island. And it kind of got into this whole point of they got this big group of people and hilarity ensues and there's a lot of shenanigans. Randy finds out about... Uh, a, the guy a, on the beach starting a fight. Well, oh, yeah. A heart the, yeah, the guy having like a heart attack next to their way. And they're talking themselves out of getting married because this is who they are. But then I have to say... I really liked how it ended where ever they decided to they were like we're not going to get married we're just going to be and they had a big party but then they walked off and they just did it the two of them and the just the piece as they they had originally kind of planned it and because like you know I feel like though there's going to obviously be rocky times they were a good match and they they balanced each other out and they sought each other to grow and to become better. I mean, Mickey obviously being an, a, a sex and love addict and Gus supporting her and then like going to his own meeting so he understood how to support her better because he had to kind of not say like, oh, you're the broken one, I'm the healed one and just say. Yeah, there was we, there I, were tough parts of the dynamic. And I think on. there was a really great moment where you find out about Gus, what, like his Holly, his start in Hollywood, that he was this big shot working for Ridley Scott Mm-hmm. And then he just broke down, and that he has these—he doesn't handle stress, and he doesn't handle that environment well. And like Mickey finding that out about him, and then also finding out about his previous relationship—a lovely cameo by Vanessa Bayer, who I honestly I didn't expect Oof, to like. That episode it was, was hard. It was hard. Yes. But that scene between Vanessa Bayer and him and Paul Rust in the hotel room where she talks about her life. Mm-hmm. And how she fell in love with this guy and worked to because he had children and worked to get his kids to like her and just like that life. And then he left her and just that feeling. That was heartbreaking. And it was such a great... I mean, Vanessa Bayer did such a great job. And I'm really glad that she and... Uh, I loved the chemistry, honestly, between her and Gillian. And I'm really glad that they moved on to do a movie together as well. Another Netflix original film, mm-hmm. Ibiza or Ibiza. Depending how where you're from, but I mean they've got good chemistry. Yeah, 
And I, I thought, honestly, like, it was really awkward and it was a painful episode, but I think that is the general feeling when you go to a, a wedding of college friends is un, an uncomfortable, anxiety-inducing nightmare. That was a tough episode, but it's, like, a really, really good episode. Too. You learn... So, I love the episodes that are super tough, episode. but you learn things. And so, yeah, I mean, besides the birdie episode, the birdie, like, pocket episode that she has um are there any throughout the whole series are there any other favorite episodes you have um i mean the the college or the wedding episode's tough but it's really really good mm-hmm. i like the episode where randy and birdie no 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 it's gillian and randy are at the mall and yeah that was super court. surprising like I they had an interesting dynamic because like it's very authentic to their real life relationship where yeah they they're like they we're, don't, we're, they're, we're they're kind of water and oil and so just like shoving them together because she resents him. Season two is just kind of running together. It's been a while since I've watched it. Then season That's one. fair. I kind of threw you under the bus with that one. But yeah, no, I mean, season three just had a lot of highlight episodes I think it's for me. the first or second episode of season two where... It's the first or second episode of season two where Gus and Mickey have reunited and they're like starting again but they spend like the full day together and she goes he takes her to a sex and love addicts meeting Mm -hmm. and then she talks to her sponsor and says hey i want to is it okay if i spend the rest of the day with this guy like i just i loved the earnestness of that i don't feel like her character her character is kind of a no bs character a lot of the time I just felt like it was really sweet and she normally has this idea of like oh I'm so worldly and I know all this shit and like you know nothing and I liked that moment I liked the the exposure the like rawness of her character in that moment as awkward as it was I liked the end of season two where he comes back Mm -hmm. and that guy and her ex-boyfriend is still is following her around and stuff but there is something like very real and scary about that it was stressful um i love and also talking more about iris apatow i loved the episode where she basically finds out her co-star who she's like has a little crush on who basically she lets kiss her is dating her co-star and then she decides to you know kill him on the in the series uh, just because she's she's so upset and she's embarrassed, but then Gus kind of gives her the advice of just, you know, what would you do? And like, he basically, he directs her, which I love. And so I really enjoy that as well. And then obviously the Birdie episode and the, I think the finale also are, uh, those are like my favorites. I, I think there's others that I really, really enjoyed, but... Obviously, when you kind of go through three seasons, some of them sort of, there's a lot of awkwardness and stress that bleeds through. Oh, the episode where they're all at Gus's place or Gus's apartment complex, and he's dating the girl who's now in Great News, but oh, yeah. uh, but like Mickey isn't like a hundred percent aware of that, but she also isn't she wasn't interested in Gus, and then she is interested. But they're doing all the covers for the TV shows, mm-hmm. and it, I love the music in it. Life. And I mean, it's totally. I think it's it's for the people who really like Comedy Bang Bang too. Yeah, I mean, I, like, and they would literally. That was something they did for years: was get together and make theme songs for movies and stuff like. And I loved that. Was, that. So I would say that episode because it gave me so much good music. Too. The authenticity, authenticity really shows through in that episode too. Like that friendship and all that that group. Yeah, there's like, a camaraderie. Kind of the that's outsiderism amazing. that Gillian and uh, Great News have because like they really are like not really part of it. 
you know. <laughs> Great news, yeah. I love that that's her, her name. She has a real name. I don't know it. Me either. Do you not know it? I feel like you probably know no, it. No, I don't know it, actually. Oh, wow. I just remembered when I started, when we started watching Great News and I, we were talking about it as like a show of, I'm like, where is that girl from? And I'm like, she was in Love, season one. That's right. She was way too good looking for Paul Rust. Kind of bizarre. Well, I think she was, she was nervous and. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not saying that it was inaccurate. I'm just saying it was bizarre. And then she died in the episode Paul Rust wrote of Wichita. 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 God, what an it's awful a double, name It's a double for meaning. Show. Double meaning. What an awful name for a show about witches. What an awful name, but it so makes sense. It's something that should be on the it's, CW. It, it seems very real. It's it authentic. feels like it should be on the CW. For sure. Next I, to Vampire I'm surprised Diaries. it's not on the CW. So, Adair, would you recommend people watch Love? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you are not, if you like candy-coated thing, relationships and are a fan of uh, romantic comedies, it might not be for you. Because this isn't really a romantic comedy. We could label it that way, but it's not. It's a drama. It's. I, I mean, it's. I it's. it's it feels very. No, I agree. I agree. It feels very real to me. It reminds me a lot. There. I feel like there. It's sort of like when we saw Game Night, and there are moments that are so so encompass a relationship mm-hmm. in whatever it is, whether it be volatile or hilarious. And I like when shows do that, and this show does that. But it's not always an easy thing to watch for people. Agreed. And I think that you have to really just like like the body of work. You have to like what they're trying to do. It's not always a palatable series. Right. No, but yeah. I think what about you? About do you feel like... It's no, don't watch this show. It's terrible. I hate it. All right. Next time. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> it's great. Obviously, I, I loved it. I love love. I've loved love since season one. He's I, loved love since he was a child. I was a fan of Paul Russ before anyone hated him. No, I mean, no, I I'm just, talking about you just loving the emotion. No, I don't love. like love. No. Love is trash. L- love is blindness. Well, as your girlfriend, I'm super stoked to hear you say that. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm obviously being sarcastic. I don't. Great know show. That. Watch it. Go support. Uh, give it a thumbs up. I think you can do it on Netflix. Can support. you? I think you can give like whether you like to show. I think or you not. can like heart it or something. I don't know. I think it's thumbs up or thumbs down now. There used to be a five star thing. Anyway. Oh, I remember so that, like yeah, the, the old days. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I recommend it. All right. And next up. Abisa. Ne- oh, I thought Arrested Development was our next. Oh, I mean, it depends on which one we finish first. We'll see. You know, you never know. Yeah. I mean, next up, it's either going to be Abisa or Arrested Development. And we'll talk about the last two, ep- last two, se- last two episodes. It's going to be a very limited podcast. Uh, we'll take that the last two seasons yeah, when, we do, when we do Arrested. One podcast um, each. Oh, God, that sounds exhausting. It does. But I think you would love it. Wait, do you hear that? A Secret Weapon Production.